Hello everyone and welcome back to Full Time Whistle. This is going to be our second episode of the podcast. So we hope you enjoyed the first one, so we're going to do a second one. We're going to talk about different topics today, so we're going to cover the World Cup, fans returning to stadium and the championship. And of course, I have Kieran here with me as well. Hi everyone, back again. Back again with the white vans. So, who's back? Let's kick this off with the World Cup. So, everyone in the world, well, let's say everyone in Europe, sorry, was looking forward to the Euros this season. Unfortunately, it's been postponed due to the global pandemic. Can you see the World Cup going the same way? Um, no. <laughs> I think, I mean, if you, if you just postpone everything and keep, you, when do you stop? Everything just goes a year later. That's, that's the issue. At some point, you've got to say we're back on the normal cycle and things. Um, so I don't think it will. So you don't think it'll get postponed a year? You think it will carry on at the same time it's scheduled at at the moment? Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah. See, the problem I have with that is, well, we'll get on to obviously that's fixture congestion and stuff like that, but. In terms of lockdowns in countries, because I've heard today that Beijing might be going to a second lockdown and a second wave. I know, obviously, we're we're two and a half years away from the World Cup, because obviously it's going to be in winter. But are other countries, could it be behind closed doors? Could could other fans not be allowed to travel there? I mean, I think we're just too far away. It's Like you say, it's two, two years. I mean, would it really it's make too, it's too early to say, isn't it? Would it make that much of a difference if it was postponed for a year? Like, what would happen? Uh, it totally depends on other competitions, doesn't it? So, I, I mean, mean it's going to massively conflict with the fixtures already that are congested because you've got to think you've got. You've got qualify. We've got World Cup qualification coming in next year, next season as well. I mean, the game's mm-hmm. going to be all, all. They're all. They're already going to be congested fixtures. It's the season's going to be started later, so postponing it a year would make more sense because the fixtures are already congested. But that's just my opinion. I think it it should personally be postponed a year. Everything's just a year back now, just to make it as plain sailing as possible. But we kind of want football, don't we? That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> the, the globe wants football. I mean, there's no competition like the World Cup. It's it's the best footballing competition. Tournament football is arguably the best kind of football. I mean, even when people were playing Sunday League or Saturday League, tournament days were the best days by far. Yeah. So, there's something to win, isn't there? There is. Like, and it's where everyone's kind of got that, that chance to, to, to win something. Whereas you don't get in a league, really. I mean, there's so many... Obviously, players like from different continents playing against each other. It's just so much better. So much more entertaining to watch. Especially the likes of Messi and Ronaldo. Because they literally carry their international teams. Like, carry. Well, Messi isn't that... That great for Argentina, is he? He's not really. No, ever... but I think he is. I think he is that great. 
I think in 2014, he took Argentina to the final himself. Well, yeah. I mean, but he's, he's not he's not as consistent as Ronaldo has been and other players on the international stage. True, been. true. But then again, they his, like, his... neither of them have the likes of the teammates. So back in the last World Cup, Ronaldo didn't have... Sergio Ramos at the back. He didn't have Tony Cruz behind him. He didn't have Marcelo. Messi didn't have Iniesta. Didn't have Xavi. Didn't have anybody like that. Didn't have Suarez. Didn't have Neymar. That's that's the thing, isn't it? When you look at these the, the world's best players, people don't think of the teams and that they were playing in, and it's those the other players that actually enable them to shine, and that these best players don't need to worry about defending or, or or anything else or or, or playmaking as such they just they're, they score goals and they're allowed to do their own individual things on the pitch but Whereas if we keep in mind the same international level if we keep in mind these two best players that have ever lived Messi and Ronaldo if we postpone the World Cup a year could would Ronaldo and Messi make that World Cup or would we have seen them at their last one in 2018 and I think that that's probably one of the issues that they're considering. Because they, they bring a lot. They bring a lot of revenue. They must do. Well, you you've got this 2022 World Cup in Qatar. They want the best players there in Qatar. They're, this is massive for their country, isn't it? Like, it's, yeah, it's huge. The, just in terms of money, in terms of the infrastructure they're all building. Whether it should have gone there is a different story, but. No, probably not. If you take that aside, if you take that aside, they want the best players there, and if they're delaying it a year, which means these players retire from international football, it's not the same, is it? But would it be good for the for the World Cup to be there just on the basis of there's going to be water breaks rumored mid half, well mid yeah, mid, no, effectively quarters in the game. I mean, if we go back a few years. FIFA was adamant that it, it was going to take place in the summer still, which is just bonkers, really, isn't it? Yeah, football <laughs> is always, always has been a winter sport. Well, not winter as but such, I mean, but like autumn to spring. I mean, the World Cups are, are summer World Cups, aren't they? Obviously, you have your domestic season. And I just didn't, I don't know if it ever crossed their minds that Qatar was flipping hot. And I mean, <laughs> it how, probably wasn't the best idea. Like, how to is it, it going summer. to work? with the Premier League because you've already got the congested fixtures now but how's it going to work well, I mean, in it's, it's going to be in winter we're going to have a World Cup in winter a of, yeah a lot of, of um, the European League and leagues around the world already have winter breaks anyway I think the English League is probably well, we're trialling uh, it aren't we? we've an, trialled it this season an exception yeah, and can you really call that a winter break? It was what one it weekend was, it, on, one weekend off. It was half the league <laughs> played one weekend, and the other half played the other weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a halfway chaos, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, well, it wasn't <laughs> just to great. appease people. And I mean, there's probably if you go down to the grassroots level, there is a a growing argument now, I think, to have a winter break because the pitchers are just not in a great state. You have all this bad weather, and I mean, this season before it was all curtailed, we was having so much bad weather, 
in the UK, it's more about the rain, isn't it, rather than actually being frozen over. Yeah. And I mean, years, years before, yeah, we've had bad cold winters and we've had games cut off, but it was just so, so much rain and bad weather and storms that it was just ridiculous. There were some fields that were for months on end just not played on at all because they were just underwater. Yeah. Um, but then if you go up to the high level, there's probably not that win- winter break kind of argument because the pitchers are just in such good condition. But a lot got, of teams are moving you've to got Christmas. 3G pitch and 4G pitches now as well, even at grassroots level. I, I think it's not long before they actually say that that's allowed in the Football League, because at the moment it's not. Obviously, they bring in so much more money for clubs. Does it make a diff? Does it make? I mean, does it really make a difference playing on a 4G pitch to a grass pitch? I think it does. I think there is a difference. You can tell. I mean, you, you can it. tell. The problem is, though, it doesn't let the teams kind of, in a way, cheat. But getting off topic, getting off topic. Well, that can be, that can be another. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> different argument. So if we go back to the financial things of the World Cup. <coughs> <coughs> oh, sorry. Go back to the financial things. Should more countries be allowed to qualify to bring in more money? Obviously... At the moment, the football world has taken a massive step back. Even next season could be a big financial struggle. So with more countries being allowed to enter the World Cup, could that be a better idea? Because it would bring in more more fan base, more sponsorships, more everything to bring in more money. But would it make would it would the competition lose its like I don't know what the word is, but. Like, would it lose something out of it? Because literally anybody would be there. It's not the best of the best. It's everybody. Yeah, there's a, there's an argument for saying the more teams, the better. But then, do we really want all teams to be there? Surely that's the quali- That's what the qualifiers are for. And if you don't, if you don't qualify in that top uh, twenty four, twenty four teams, isn't it America and the the Canada one that's after? Aren't they bring? They're wanting to make it pretty yeah. substantially bigger, aren't they? Well, I mean, if you, if you go for the Americas, the USA are probably never going to qualify unless it's on their own soil anyway. So <laughs> true, and Canada. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a different argument. But I mean, yeah, expanding more it grows the game in those countries, doesn't it? If, if their teams are at a World Cup. Especially after all this, countries are struggling with money and football is a great way to bring in money, not just for like the, the teams themselves, but for a country. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it is a, a massive commercial entity, isn't it? It just makes money. Um, I mean, compared to the Super Bowl, it's even that, it's massive. The Super Bowl's nothing compared balance, to the World yeah. Cup final. And it's even, a balance between even if you're, money. Like, there's some there's some nations that probably won't watch the World Cup because they think, oh, we're never going to get there, so I'm not going to watch it. But if you've entered it, you're more enticed to watch the remaining fixtures. Yeah, so there is a balance between money and saying, what is, are these actually the, the best teams playing in the world? And then another thing moving on, like, obviously, with it being in Qatar, how will teams cope with the heat? 
Um, it's hard to say. They'd have to do some warm weather training, I think. <laughs> at the very least. They already do um, have warm weather camps. That is a... I mean, England go to a warm weather camp, don't they, before the World Cup. They did for the last one. But you've got teams like Russia yeah. who... Are they going to be able to cope? Are footballers going to be able to cope in the Qatar heat? It's, it's difficult to say, isn't it? But it's it's not... You it, it can't really be an argument to say that uh, one team has got a uh, kind of an edge over another team because of the heat. Um, because they'll all be in the same position. They, all the teams arrive at the same time. I mean, just it's to put it in to... perspective, in Qatar, it's 10 o'clock at time of recording, and it's 33 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that is the hottest point in the day in Qatar. Obviously, your hottest point is between 12 and 3. And it goes up to 44 degrees at 2 o'clock, which is when a lot of football is going to be played. And that can't be good on the human body, despite who you are playing football at that magnitude, at that heat. I think the game is going to be a lot slower. I think it? it's going to potentially be a lot boring. A lot more boring. Well, international football just now is not as intense as, as domestic football, is it? It's not. not. It's not. But obviously, it's the the better. Yeah, the more the more totally different, isn't it? the more you advance in the competition, the better the football becomes. But I just can't. I don't know how they're going to compete in that like cope in the heat because it is going. I try playing football. A competitive football match in 44 degrees heat. That's degrees Celsius. Yeah. It is, it's, they're going to have to play in kind of closed roof air conditioned stadiums or something. To just, it's, it's they're going to need water breaks every time. It's not even minutes. the heat, is it? It's the humidity as yeah. well. The humidity of the air. I mean, it's just because I mean, you can ridiculous. protect it from direct sunlight, but. Yeah, it's just, it, I don't know, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to like, have wet paper towels or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking now, like, on the statistics for average weather of the month in Qatar, and it's October, the warmest it can get is 35 degrees, November 29, and December goes down to 24, but the normal is between 20 and 28 still. That's in December. Yeah, and that's hotter than our summers. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's a weekend we go in the beer garden. Never mind. Have a Christmas dinner. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's... I, I don't know how it's going to be done. I really don't know how it's going to be done. It's, it's going to be a shock to the system. And it's only changing for a year. Just one. So it's like... The only, you have to question whether it's really worth it. The only benefit... I can think of of the World Cup being in December is we only have to wait three and a half years till the next one. That's true. That is the only... The quick quick comes around. <laughs> that's the only benefit there, I can possibly think there's of. There's always a plus. It is, is that we have to wait only three and a half years, not four. But then the problem is now we've had to wait four and a half years for the next World Cup. Which is really sad. 
It is, but keep on the World Cup stage, I think the best one is going to be the the USA Canada. I think that's going to be a phenomenal World Cup. I think that is going to be brilliant. It's a long time away, I yeah. know, but that is going to be so good. I'm gonna. I'm not going to Qatar. There's no chance of going to Qatar, but I want to aim to go to the USA Canada World Cup. I think that is going to be amazing. I mean, they've got all the infrastructure there already. I mean, you've got a growing fan base in America in the Americas for for football or soccer. Let's just um, hope that Megan so, Raponia is not there causing havoc. I think she'll be there. Oh, she'll dear. be the ambassador. Um, but calling Virgil yeah, Van Dyke cute. It's it's got the potential, hasn't it? To, yeah, it's going to be, be great. It's going to be good. It's going to be very good. Right, so I think that about wraps up the uh, the World Cup segment. So if we move on to... Um, yeah. So this actually ties in with it. Fans returning to stadiums. So could we see... Are um, we going to see fans at the World Cup? Or potentially? Or are we going to see fans... When would you think we'll see fans return to stadiums in general? It's not a football question, is it? That's that's the issue. It's a it's a public health question. Um, but I've seen this weekend in New Zealand. Obviously, they've done really well defeating COVID nineteen for for now, anyway. And they they've just allowed um, rugby games to take place with crowds, with stadiums full there. So I don't think we're that far away from seeing stadiums back full. But obviously, it, it depends on totally. It's an individual country thing, isn't it? But in terms of football, though, so like, when when we move out into a, they've already government have already said in England, or move out into a, a country lockdown and more, move more into local lockdowns as such. And let's say, if your team is playing at home or away, but the team you're playing against is in a local lockdown. Will the game go on? Well, obviously, because that puts the home team in a massive disadvantage because they've played the away leg with fans there, where you need, but you're playing the home leg with no one there. So there's a massive change of scenery for yeah. a two week, three week period. Whereas it's the week a before, huge issue, isn't it? I just don't see how like, will fans be allowed to go if it's a local lockdown? Will the game be allowed to commence if it's a local lockdown? How would it? How would that work? It all depends on on finding a treatment in in vaccines for it, doesn't it? Because, like you say, you can't if if it's a local lockdown in the area, you can't have a game going on. You, it's not as simple as oh yeah, we'll just move it to another stadium because then you've got an issue of fans will still travel um, out of an, a lockdown area. You've got an issue of saying, well, where's the integrity in the competition if you played the other game at home or at a away venue? Then this game needs to be played at the other venue. Otherwise, you've, you've got a mismatch there and it's not fair. It's all about the fair, a fair competition, is it, for all? It is, but and it's not it's just really not possible fair. To achieve, I don't think. It's not. So it's not really fair, obviously, if two weeks ago you're playing a team no local lockdown it's fine but you go two weeks later someone's got covid and you have to be put into a lockdown and you can't have your own fans there i think i think that game yeah. should be postponed 
Well, it should be because obviously yeah. it's in a local lockdown, so it, it should the right thing would be to that game should be postponed rather than played or moved to a different location. You've got a thing where um, if you if you postpone the game though, you've then got that fixture backing up. You have. I mean, obviously the football is going to suffer massively already with fixture congestion. It's yeah, just gonna, touched it's going to build up even more when it moves more to local lockdowns compared to a country-wide lockdown. I think, I mean, I've seen there was something that came out um, today and yesterday in the press. So there was a um, a friendly that took place between Spurs and Norwich. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but one of the Norwich players, I believe. Uh, has tested positive after the, after the game for for coronavirus. Oh, now I've not seen. And that. there was I've a question. So there was a question of whether now that do the Spurs players have to self isolate now? And where does that where does that leave it? But the government's definition of someone being in close contact is them being within two meters for fifteen minutes or longer. And they did a, st- uh, a statistical analysis of the game, easy for me to say, um, and they found that each player had only been in contact with this player during the game for 39 seconds. So wow. it didn't count under the definition as close contact, so no one's got to self-isolate. That's ridiculous. That's and mad. it's just like, what? So you need to you need to literally stand next to someone and have them spitting at you for 15 minutes for it to be considered contact. <laughs> <laughs> and that you've got to isolate. You're just bonkers. But, um, have you seen the Spurs thing? Because not Spurs, the Stoke thing, sorry. Because Stoke was meant to play Manchester United, but it got postponed because their manager contracted COVID. But yesterday, which is like four days later, Darby played Stoke. Was he there? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he had COVID symptoms or if he tested positive. But the game got postponed. But oh, we played Stoke yesterday. I don't know what's going on. There's, there's something going on, isn't there? That they're getting out of it. But the government is um, madly inconsistent. Madly. It's it's very strange. Um, but I mean, there's been questions ever since the beginning of kind of crowds in, in sporting competitions going ahead and uh, like from from the Cheltenham races right at the start and you've got the Liverpool Atletico game. Yeah. When the day before that game, uh, Madrid went into lockdown, but they were still allowed to, the yeah. fans were still allowed it's to come and travel. Ridiculous. It, it, a lot of questions need to be answered. Yeah. And... With, I think we're still a long way off from saying domestic we're, football. Saying we're a long way off, though, the government have just released that if you're a single person or have a single parent, you can still go and create a bubble. So with, with that making progression, our fan, is it too, would it be too soon still to bring fans back in September for the, rest, the start of the new season? Well, I mean, you've got you've you've now got obviously the support bubble which you mentioned, but you've also got in in football training, 
uh, the FA's released guidance where you can have a full team training. So this is a, a grassroots. Yeah, I've seen grassroots are allowed, which I think is about. bizarre that grassroots are allowed to go back, yet they've not opened schools for everybody So what yet. it is, yeah, one manager can train a whole squad as long as they're it's split up into six uh, groups of six players and those six players are two meters away and each group of six is like a fair distance away so they don't mix between the groups but that one coach is allowed to coach between the groups and the parents that are there also have to isolate away from the group but because of um, uh, like um, safeguarding and things like that they have to be within viewing distance so they can still view the group. But then that's surely not right because it's literally groups of, <laughs> of different yeah, households it, it coming just, together. It just goes it? against... Uh, I'm, is about, it's so shocking that grassroots football can return this soon. And what's astonishing is parents are okay to send the kids to go and play football but the idea of sending them to school is astonishing like and they can't yeah the baffle that the fact that they can go they go they're allowed to go back to school yet they're allowing them to go and play football i think we're a long way off from competitions taking place in contact football but it just doesn't seem right it seems bending the rule <laughs> so would you <laughs> say see... then september is too optimistic to to be bringing fans back because a lot of fans are paying for season tickets for next year i myself i am so i pay mine in a monthly direct debit obviously and men along many other fans i've already started paying for my season tickets for next season am i do i get my hopes up to go and watch it and all i'm just going to be told i can't go it depends on the level of football premier league championship yeah they'll be starting i if they if they don't start on time in August, definitely be starting in September. Fans in stadiums, probably not. To be honest, I don't think we'll see fans in stadiums this year. I don't really, think. what all the way up to twenty one? Really? Mm. Yeah. So obviously another, another another thing of that is, if you pay for your season ticket, a fan's gonna want the money back. Or are they going to want to be able to watch the game for free? As long as obviously yeah. they carry on paying the monthly subscription as terms of the, co- as mm. the season ticket. But obviously with Rams TV, mm. I, that's £10, £15 a month. Whereas my season ticket cost me 25 a month. Mm. But then if you're going back to the start of the pandemic, the kind of the, the scientific advice was saying that actually the virus doesn't transmit very well in big crowds it's not that that's not an issue but has that advice now changed because we're not allowing fans in stadiums now and things like that we can't have these groups of people i, I think mean, it has to be honest i think they was treating it more like the influenza the flu um, i, forward, th- I think we kind of we'll see fans back in stadiums as home fans before away fans see that's the thing though can is that going to happen? Well, I mean, how can you, how can you say, how can you say that home fans? because no, it's bringing in from a but, different area, isn't it? The country. 
So it goes back again to the it goes back again to the low go yeah, but it goes back again to the local lockdown situation, doesn't it? Whereas like let's say for example if Darby playing Millwall next week, if Darby's in a local yeah. lockdown, Darby shouldn't be yeah. allowed to travel to Millwall to play. But I won't travel it, to Millwall anyway. But it will be because <laughs> it's football and people demand football and they see it as something above everything. Yeah. I th- uh, yeah, September's too too early, I think. Um, but I mean, even so, with the with the Premier League and Championship, I think they'll start on time with their seasons. Whether fans go back, probably not. League One and League Two, it's hard to say, isn't it? Really, I mean, the the National League has has, has apparently said to their clubs, um, they're expecting September at the earliest, probably. To start playing again, but then you're going down. You're, you're going from elite football and professional footballers down to kind of just people playing recreationally amateur exactly. football, semi-pro football, aren't you? Um, and obviously, the the lower you go down, the more players you've got. And is there really the money goes down? So that's not kind of an issue. Um. Obviously, a lot of football but clubs rely clubs... on the fans, though, coming in still, don't they? To pay the oh, yeah. uh, pay pay his wages. But then the lower down you're, you're so go, you've got you, you've not got seated stadiums, have you? These grounds. True. They're probably they're never really at full capacity anyway. If you've got a ground that can hold probably like what 800 people and you're getting 350 fans a game, you've probably got that space around the ground to to be able to social distance, distance yeah. people. But then, as soon as someone scores, everyone's going to rush forward. Exactly. Together, that's that's what I mean about the away fans. Like being at an away game is so different to being at a home game. If you're at a home game, you normally just stand up and start cheering. Whereas if you're in an away game, you and you score, you you're jumping on somebody in front of you. Don't know who they are because it's just so much you, better to score at an away game. You're probably more at risk of getting hit by a flying chair or something than, than COVID, to be honest. But yes. Well, a fact about a chair. I went to Rotherham away last season and we conceded and somebody ripped the chair off and threw it down the stand and it hit a girl on the back. No, it hit a woman on the back of the head and it caused a fight literally right next to me and my friend Max. Like, honestly, it was, it was, crazy, it was ridiculous. It? It's, it's like, why do you feel the need to rip up a chair and throw it at somebody? And it, well, he just frisbeed um, it, and you could you could see the. I watched him doing. I was like, oh, it was like the time just went really slow. Like, oh my god, there's nothing we can do to help no. warn the people below us that a chair is going to be flying at your head. And you could tell he regretted it as soon as he threw it. It was like, oh no. And. People were looking at us a lot, thinking it was you, but there was a guy getting beat up next to us. Who was the person mm. who threw it? Like people were beating him up because he threw the thingy. And yeah, he got he got he got kicked stupid. out. Oh, I should hope so. Doing that to your own fans. I mean, it'd be all right if you lobbed it into the home end, but it wouldn't be all right. But <laughs> I still think I still think people would have kicked off in the home end, yeah. in the away end. Well, it's bound to get you ejected, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you get ejected for just <laughs> recording your f- recording the game nowadays, don't you? Without permission That's to video true. it. 
Well, that's right, to be honest. Sky Sports pay millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. want amateur video. Anyway, that was a good beside the point. Um, <laughs> what protocol should be put in place for the return of fans? We've kind of already answered that. I think you've got enough capacity for testing and, and things like that. You can have temperature checks outside the ground. But like, if the track and trace system goes on, I mean, if someone catches it, do they alert the club and the club send their texts out to thirty odd thousand people to make sure you to see if you're in contact with them? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going by the definition of the government, you you're Go probably only going to be in contact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Door them away. You're probably only going to be in close contact with a few people, but it's. It's those people that are then in close contact with another person and another person and another person. So it's really hard. And that's why I don't think it'll come back this year. I think you've got to have a proper... There's no actual treatment. But is it fair, though, to have yet. fans in the game for half, in the stadium for half the season and then bring them in for the second half? Would you, could you say that's fair? I don't we talked. We talked a bit about this in the first in the or, first episode. Exactly, but or would you say the best thing to do is just leave fans out completely for the for the whole year? Yeah, but then there's oh, you would go back to the issue of income, don't you, and money? So <laughs> it's. I don't think there is an impact of fans being in the stadium on the on the team and the players, but I don't think it's enough for an argument to say that. If half of the season is played with them not there and half of them played is there, it makes a difference. I don't think it really does. Yeah, it's just, uh, we'll scrap it's it for a year not. and we'll have a crowd noise in the stadium instead. Well, that I saw something... Um, is it what Ben Foster put up by any chance? Yes, exactly that. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So there was Ben Foster said... <laughs> ben Foster said there was... What was, the, what was the team? If we playing? can find the tweet, if we can find the tweet, we'll put it up on the screen as well so you can read it. But so, the, the tweet was, we had a, we had a, we were playing a friendly game. I think it was the A and the B team and one of the coaching staff was a, was refereeing and apparently it was awful. And they put the crowd noise saying, the referee's a wanker all around. And, <laughs> <laughs> playing that hopefully, in the stadium. Can, hopefully we can find the tweet if we can put the tweet on. But honestly, it's hilarious. That, that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, dear. Authentic. <laughs> right, then. So, so yeah. If we move to on... Summarize, to summarise, when, yeah. when will fans be, re- be returning to the stadium? Nobody knows. There Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, the clickbait title, you have to wait 15 or 20 minutes to listen to us say, <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's right. Concrete. So, let's move on to the championship. So, big thing in the championship, and I can see it happening even more with what's happening, is bringing in a wage cap. One word answer, yes. Oh, are there you? Needs to be a wage. There needs to be a wage cap. The problem, like, my issue is with the wage cap is it could seriously affect Premier League survival for the next season. Because you think the likes of players that they, you can't bring in like Wolves for example Wolves never would have got promoted without Ruben Neves or Raul Patricio in goal and they're going to be on ridiculous because they came from Porto and I think it was Sporting Lisbon Raul Patricio came from and they'd have been nowhere near the Premier League survival that they had they had without those players they, rec- they recruited in the Championship 
Yeah, you've just got these clubs just overspending and spending beyond their means, and it's just not fair, is it? It's not a fair competition. It, yeah, but it's at the same time though, there are clubs that have proved you don't need that. Southampton, Bournemouth, Sheffield United—they've all proved exactly. that you so don't if need it. Can it be, but... If it can be done, then there needs to but be a cap, doesn't there? Not all clubs can do it though, but. I don't think there should be a wage cap. I I'm not, I, I mean, don't agree yeah. with the wage cap. I don't. You have it in you have it in the MLS, don't you? If um, you can afford to buy and bring in the best players, you should be able to. Not just because poor Luton Town can't afford to. Yeah, I mean, I'm traditionalist in saying that you it's it's based on your sporting merits, isn't it? But I think that's quite a naive view to say that <laughs> if you if if a player wanted to play for Luton and Wolves came in and said we're going to give you fifteen grand a week more, they'd still go and play for Luton. <laughs> that's just stu- that's just not going to happen, is it? True. Um, but I mean, it helps clubs with championship survival because the more likely to bring in a player because they're not being poached by obviously like you say you bigger teams who have more money they're all going to offer them more wages to come but I just don't agree with a wage cap because it it just massively affect surviving the Premier League because you've not got that foundation base of players you've brought up with you obviously momentum's a big thing moving to the Premier League if you like Norwich City if you can continue that momentum from the championship to the Premier League, it sets you up. Obviously, the the flop since. If you were to put a wage cap in, what what would it be a week? I don't know what it would be, but how would it be worked out? To be fair, I mean, what can Luton afford as a max wage player? What eight grand a week, Luton maybe? And there's the there's the thing as well where if you're putting a wage cap. They're just going to put appearance bonuses up and goal True, bonuses and, and signing bonuses things like that. and things like yeah. There's always going to be a way around it, isn't there? There is. But how yeah, would they do it? Say, would they have, oh, we'll, we'll have to take all 24 teams and make, find an average? And the average is the wage cap. And what would that happen to players that are already in contract? Would they have to have the wages docked? I'm pretty sure it is illegal to dock a wage halfway through a contract. Well, yeah, it's, it's what, what's in the. It's open to, to just imagine. Imagine the lawsuits that the championship the EFL is going to get. Yeah, they bring. I can't see how they could possibly author, bring it in, because imagine a player going from like you're in your last season of your contract, you're on thirty five k a week in a championship, and then next week you have to be on seventeen k. I mean, the championship will just It'll die. Be, no one wants hmm. playing it anymore. It'll be like, um, like they do with financial fair play, won't it? Where it'll be um, over so many years if you overspend. Well, we've seen these ways. We've amount. seen these ways around financial fair play. I mean, look at Derby. Yeah, and like you say, that's up for 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 review now, isn't it? And it that's is, been challenged. It is, but it's the EFL's own mistakes to the reason they accepted it. They accepted the premise of how Derby was going to do it. If they didn't accept it, 
then Darby would have found another way around it. Potentially. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of the ugly side of the beautiful game, isn't it? That's, that's the problem. Where you, you, you do now, you have player power, and it's all about the agents and that negotiation between clubs and players. Where you, you 40, 50 years ago, it wasn't really about that, but that's just the modern game. and Which, which is a shame. And it's, it's gone to a it money a sport rather than playing for enjoyment and having that as a it's dream a shame, job. But, yeah, but then on the other side, would football be as good as it is now in the global game if it weren't like that? True. I mean, the whole foundation of the Premier League was around that creating a, a commercial entity and that money-making side behind football where you had the Premier League, the Premiership, the top clubs in, in England and the best uh, league in the world all competing um, and you, every year it weren't like um, other leagues where you just it was a foregone conclusion before they'd even started who would win the league and that's it's kind of proved itself hasn't it? Yeah, you've got that competition and even in the championship now you look at um, sort of predictions that people make at start of season then it turns out it's totally different at the end so and, well, if we if we move away from the ugly side of football and go towards the more positive and what you just mentioned predictions so promotion candidates and predictions what based off what we can see now because I actually did a poll on this. Who do we think is going to get promoted from the championship? And it was quite an interesting okay. return, actually. It, it shocked me, to be fair. Let me see if I can f I'll be able to find it. Because I think top of the league at the minute is Leeds. Right, so yeah. Top of the league is Leeds. Then it's West Brom in second. Then Fulham. So they're the top three. So if I pop up, if I get up now, the championship table, and I'll go through that. Well, I mean, even if you look at the table now, so Leeds are on 71 points, West Brom on 70, and then Fulham are down 64. But Leeds were on that the last season, though, and they bottled it. Big Fulham time. apart again. And then but then the, the goal line. difference between Leeds and West Brom is, is so much bigger as well. True. But the, it's not far away. Even Forest and Preston, the championship so tight. But, right, so back to the poll. So the poll was Leeds, West Brom, Fulham, and obviously Forest and Brentford are on the same points. I've chose to put Forest in there because I feel like Forest fans have more of an appearance on Twitter than Brentford fans. I mean... Corrupt FM have probably got more of a fan base than Brentford. Sorry, Brentford fan. The bees. And actually, nice Forest got the majority vote to get promoted and the automatics. In automatic promotion? In, so the tweet was going to be crunch time in the championship soon. Who is going up in the automatics this season? Then I put Leeds fans, hashtag Leeds United, at the keyboard ready. Um, and then there's 123 votes on this so one of our more successful polls 
and Forrest got 32% of the votes. Uh, I mean, this season I think Forrest have probably been the, the, the I don't want to say most improved because it sounds like they were... <laughs> so Forrest... was <laughs> like one of the most improved player. So Forrest got a hell of a lot of votes in that. Hell of a lot of votes. But, I mean, I think I'd probably have Forrest out of the others, to be honest. Would you really? To go up. I mean, yeah. I know I'm, I'm going to be a lot more biased, because I'm obviously a Derby fan. But I do yeah. see myself as quite a realist as well at the same time. I'm not as... I personally, I wouldn't say as, I'm as deluded as much as Derby fans are towards Derby. But I mean, you've got a lot more knowledge of the championship than I have because you've seen these teams play at Troy Park so I mean as much as I mean you'll get some Derby fans that will say Derby is still leaps and bounds better than Forest when we're not Forest are the better club this season Derby had it for a good five or six seasons but Forest are the better club at the minute as it is stands. it mathematically still possible for Derby to get into the playoffs yes we are only nine point no five points off the playoffs in 12. But do you think you'll get that? No. No. <laughs> I don't think we will, but with lockdown, who knows what's going to happen. It is, it is it's like we said last last time, it is a reset, isn't it? It's like playing a whole new season. Exactly. So we don't know. Leeds could, have fall, Leeds could fall apart. Barnsley could make a shock survival like no one knows what's going to happen because it is like are we going to see players flop under the big occasion because we all like Ronaldo for example I know he's not a championship player but he thrives on the big occasion are people going to flop and that's the thing it's a big occasion it's a big occasion but is it a big occasion it's a big occasion to be playing back football but yeah but your fans aren't there exactly Exactly. honestly I kind of all like, hyped up, isn't it? I want to believe that Derby can get to the playoffs. Five points in nine games. It's doable. Uh, providing everybody else drops points the same way as Derby wins the points. But honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. I think I, I think Leeds will do it this year. I think Leeds will win the league. And I think Fulham will take second and I think West Brom will drop off. And playoffs. It'll be interesting to see. Playoffs. I'm not going to make a prediction on playoffs because, I mean, it's too tight. I think it's too tight. I mean, <laughs> you can go all the way down to seventy to sixteenth place, and they're nine points off the playoffs. That's ten yeah. places below, and still nine points off. It will. It it will be decided on those head-to-head games. Yeah, I, it's. Um, a, if I base it on the head-to-head games now, I think it's Fulham. If the league stays as it is, it's going to be Fulham. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be. And then you also. I think it'll be. You have to go on. Fulham will beat Preston. Forest will beat Brentford, and Fulham will beat Forest. And if you look at it away from the football inside, you you think if London has another spike. And they have to do a, a local lockdown in areas in boroughs of London. You look at those clubs there, you've got Fulham there, Brentford are in there, 
Millwall. True, a lot of QPR. Yeah. If you're going through there. Uh, the rest are, if I'm looking where, in places where they are, I think they're pretty much of a size of the country and they're quite far away from each other. From yeah, Preston, my job if it's Preston's good. nowhere near. Cardiff and Swansea, possibly, but they're, yeah. Um, and that'll be interesting to see whether that has any effect because it's not just on the pitch now, is it? That's that's the True. thing. There's so many, Factors so many different things that are chucked in. Yeah. It's so, really interesting. And who who wins? Who who has the final argument? And is it the doctors or the football? Or the football and the money talking. So, if you go to the other end of the table, something that's going to probably be a bit less complicated: relegation. You've got Barnsley, um, Luton, and Charlton all in the relegation zone. I think Barnsley have been poor for a few seasons now, haven't they? Well, I'm, they're up and down constantly, though. They they are literally the yo-yo of the football league. I think it's about about time up for them. That they 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 literally just go up and down, up and down, up and down, constantly. Luton was a shock promotion. The the one point off the bottom, which is probably a place better than what they thought they'd come this season so far. But their goal difference is a lot worse. It is. So if they keep if they keep shipping goals like they are doing, um, then I don't see them actually doing anything. Uh, just one second, Joe. Pause your recording. Hello. So um, then it goes up to Charlton after that. I mean, did you go to the Charlton game? Um, have you not played them yet? You know what? It's been that long since football. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I mean, they're another they're another London team as well. They are. So is Luton <laughs> isn't Lut- yes. Luton. Luton's just outside, yeah. aren't they? They're, they're probably too far away for a, a London lockdown. But uh, <laughs> so there's another one where you think mm, possibly but surprising relegation candidates. Huddersfield, who have just come down. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? On forty-two points, well, you've got points. these parachute, you got these parachute payments, but they don't mean anything. Same with Stoke, <laughs> forty-two points. Middlesbrough, yeah, forty-one. But then you can look up to Birmingham on forty-eight. You could think, mm, and Birmingham and Swansea on forty-eight. You can think, mm, maybe, but then you scroll up a little bit and you think mm, well, maybe they could do playoffs as well it's, the championship is just that tight and 30, only 37 games played it's so crazy all it's clubs crunch, played for it is crunch time you could probably say the championship's the most competitive league in football yeah it's the hardest probably one of the hardest leagues in football as well to be honest it's just so average across the board I mean it just goes to yeah. show the likes of Huddersfield and Stoke City where they are after recently coming down same with Cardiff, Cardiff are in ninth place coming down from the Premier League <laughs> well we've seen it before haven't we clubs coming down from the Premier League Championship then so, down to yeah, League One Sunderland, Wolves <laughs> Port- Portsmouth, yeah. Bolton the list, it happens. the list goes on. It's just it's such a hard league to get out of. I mean, people say that the National League 
it's a hard league to get out of. But it, I think the championship's the worst. It is so difficult. Yeah, the championship is the national league, but with a bit more money. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's one way you could say it. But we shall, know. we shall see. We shall see because we await the return of football. This time next week, as of recording, the football will it be football back. be back. Yes, can't will wait. be back. We're not talking about shitty German football. Good old English. Yeah, the Bundesliga football. is dead to us now. We've had enough. Um, we're going to get later later on. We're going to get some some Super Six predictions. I think. Yes. For the weekend, so that will be good. So we'll what we'll do is I think the good way to do that is we could predict ours, and then afterwards. We could put some polls on Twitter to see who's going to win, and then we can also go against the punditry predictions, and then we can base, we can go against, we could compare our predictions to how the polls have reacted and how the pundits will react as well. Yep, sounds good. So that will be exciting to record, and also, I think we should set up a Super Six league. Yeah, and we'll see who. So wins. subscribers <laughs> and followers could join our league and see how people get on. I think that'd be very good. All my phones nearly fell off the desk. I think that'd be very good to, uh, to put on. Anyway, we're 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 rabbiting on now, and we're going over time, so we'll we'll call it there. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> please uh, like uh, and comment on, on on the podcast. Please, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on the other streaming sites, please share, share with your friends, uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, uh, and, and get in, uh, take part. And we'll, yes, take we'll part. Have your say. So we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.